Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Crossview. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Today, we're continuing our series in the book of Daniel, where we see so many examples of what it means to have steady faith in difficult times. Last week, Pastor Kyle talked about how devotion matters, but our devotion requires direction. And today we're going to see how Daniel cultivated spiritual practices that kept his devotion centered on God and how those practices kept his faith steady through a time of crisis. How do we respond when we face a crisis or difficult times? Do we despair or panic? Do we look for someone to blame? Do we become controlling? Do we become defiant? Those are all common responses to crisis. But let's think for a moment about who we hope to be. If we could decide ahead of time how we would respond to a crisis, what would that look like? Who do we want to be in the most difficult times of our lives? Who do we want to be for our kids, for our families, for our loved ones? In the story we'll hear today, Daniel faced an overwhelming crisis that threatened his life and the lives of his friends. And yet his response was very different than the response of his colleagues. The Greek poet Archilochus, who lived just a generation before Daniel, wrote, We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training meaning that when we face difficulty, we'll do what our habits and our practices have shaped us to do. Daniel, as we'll see, was in the practice of steady faith. Faith is not only a matter of belief, of conviction that we hold in our thoughts. Faith is a matter of action, of practice, of how we actually live our daily lives. The book of James says, My brothers and sisters, what good is it if people say they have faith but do nothing to show it? Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? To have steady faith in difficult times, we need to do more than just claim to have faith. We need to practice it. We're going to see three ways that Daniel practiced his faith in the face of difficulty. Now, there's a lot in this chapter, so we're not going to read the entire chapter together this morning, uh, but I encourage you to read it on your own during this week. In Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, basically the king assembled the staff of Hogwarts here. These are the king's advisors, the people he turns to for expertise in science, in religion, uh, in political and military strategy. And part of their job was to interpret the king's dreams. In the ancient Near East, it was commonly believed that kings received messages from the gods through dreams and that those dreams uh, and their interpretation then informed how the king ruled. Let's keep reading. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, 
O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Now I imagine at this point, the advisors were looking at each other in disbelief. Surely the king was joking. He must have misunderstood. He must be confused. He wanted them to interpret his dream, but he wouldn't tell them what the dream was. An impossible task. See, the advisors were trained in the interpretation of dreams. It seems like nonsense to us today, but in the way that science was understood in those times, their interpretation of dreams was taken as fact. They even had books of omens to help them interpret various kinds of dreams, but they had to know what the dream was. This dilemma was far beyond the level of their training, but Daniel's training was different, as we'll see. So the advisors repeated the standard question, the standard request to the king, tell us your dream so we can interpret it for you. But the king refused. This king is troubled. He's hot-headed, he's afflicted with anxiety and sleeplessness, and he holds all the power in the empire. Not a good combination. He accuses his advisors of stalling for time, and then he repeats his order, tell me my dream, or you and your households will die. King Nebuchadnezzar here he reminds me of the behavior of the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. He's making unreasonable and impossible demands of his servants. And when they can't meet those demands, off with their heads. And the advisors panic. They are in shock and disbelief. And the story continues. The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. Now this king is pretty obviously uh, impulsive. His execution order included not only those advisors who were in his court that day, but all of the wise men or the advisors in his kingdom. And that meant that Daniel and his friends were included on the death warrant. Back to Daniel. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Arioch is an unsung hero in this story. Because of the way that he and Daniel uh, talked with each other, we might conclude that they already had a relationship, perhaps as friends, but certainly as colleagues, as they both served the king at a high level. 
Arioch was the king's chief executioner, but there's no indication here that he is, is, is cold-blooded or heartless. While Arioch was bound to carry out the king's orders, it seemed that he also understood those orders to be impetuous and ultimately harmful to the king and to the kingdom. He was the king's loyal servant, but he recognized that what the king really needed, the thing that would actually calm his anxious heart, was not the execution of his entire advisory team, but the interpretation of his dream. Is that why Arioch went to Daniel personally? Is that why he was willing to have a conversation with him rather than just arresting or executing him on the spot? Is that why he allowed Daniel to go to the king and ask for more time? The scripture isn't clear on those things, but it is safe to say that God was at work through an executioner, through a person who was paid to kill. Let's keep reading. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Daniel turned to the practices of steady faith. He turned to his training. First, he called on his friends. These were fellow people of faith, men who held firmly to their devotion to the Lord. Daniel practiced community. We are not meant to practice our faith in solitude. Relationship with others, knowing them and being known by them, is one of the most significant means of transformation that we can experience on our path of discipleship, on, on our way to loving and following Jesus. It is so easy for some of us to isolate ourselves when we face crisis. We think others won't understand or will judge us, especially in times when we ourselves have messed up. And for those of us who tend to be reserved by nature, sharing our fears or suffering with others can feel risky or exhausting. Many of us, especially here in the United States, have been taught that we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, not rely on anyone else, and just make it on our own. But we were made for community. Individualism is a cultural value, not a biblical one. We have to push back on our own tendencies to retreat into ourselves and to try and face uh, hardship or crisis alone. To have steady faith in difficult times, we need to practice community. And then the second practice that Daniel relied upon when facing this crisis was prayer. See, Daniel didn't just call his friends to, to hang out and to commiserate. He called them to pray. It says he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. Prayer is the single most powerful practice we can adopt both in our lifelong path of discipleship and in times of crisis. Daniel and his friends prayed for God's mercy and for his help, and that very night, God answered their prayers by revealing the dream and its meaning to Daniel in a vision. 
When facing difficult times, Daniel and his friends turned to a discipline that they had practiced all along, prayer. This was Daniel's training. He was prepared to meet crisis head on because he had practiced the discipline of prayer along with his friends, his community. And so praying was his automatic response to crisis, even a crisis of such magnitude that it meant his certain death. To have steady faith in difficult times, we need to practice prayer. See, Daniel was trained academically in the same methods as the other kingdom advisors, interpreting dreams through omens and signs. But that training was not adequate for the crisis at hand. That training was limited to only what humans could do, only what humans could understand. As soon as the crisis moved beyond their control, the advisors were lost and could not rise to the occasion. But Daniel was ready. Daniel had practiced disciplines all along that allowed him to rely on God in every circumstance. These practices allowed him to be confident, to have steady faith, because he knew that the wisdom required in crisis would come from God. It was Daniel's spiritual practices that allowed him to have steady faith in difficult times, not his professional training, not his money, not his physical strength. Daniel's faith was steady because he practiced it. He practiced his faith in community. He practiced his faith in prayer. And then finally, we see that Daniel practiced his faith in praise. When God revealed the king's dream to Daniel, we might think that the first thing Daniel would have done would be to just book it to the palace and tell the king right away, right? People's lives were at stake. People were dying. Daniel's life was threatened. But that's not what he did. The first thing Daniel did to practice his faith was to praise God. It says, During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. To have steady faith in difficult times, we need to practice praise. Praise keeps us grounded. It is an act of faith that reminds us that God is sovereign, that God is good, and that God is faithful. Praise is an act of gratitude to God, and it embeds in us the truth that he alone can save, that our hope is in him, not in our own abilities, and that through him we can confidently endure any difficult time. Each time we offer our praise to God, our faith is steadied. Daniel practiced his faith in community, he practiced his faith in prayer, and he practiced his his faith in praise. Practicing will allow us to have steady faith in difficult times. Every one of us is facing a difficult time right now. 
with a global pandemic that's just the reality for us right now. And on top of that, some are facing additional trials, a health or financial or relational crisis. Is our faith steady? Maybe you're already in the practice of community and prayer and praise. Maybe you find that your faith is holding steady in this challenging season. If so, let me encourage you to hold on to those practices and use your steadiness to serve others. This is a time to reach out to those who are struggling, to offer an encouraging word, to provide for their physical needs, and to always point them to the source of your hope, Jesus. And for others, maybe you're out of practice. Maybe community or prayer or praise are not yet habits for you, not yet regular parts of your life. The amazing thing about God is that his mercies are new every morning. And the time to start strengthening your faith is now. Right now, we're all facing difficult times. But even if everything was coming up roses, the time to begin practicing our faith is always now. Steady faith requires steady practice. Start where you are. If you're not sure how to begin, if you feel stuck, we can help you with that. You can visit our website at mycrossview.com and click on next steps and request to talk to a pastor. And Pastor Kyle and I would love to have a conversation with you about practical ways that you can move toward a steadier faith. No matter how difficult our circumstances are, there is always hope. And having a steady faith means that that hope remains the focus of our lives and our devotion. Let's keep practicing together. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so grateful for the gift of faith. We recognize that faith is a gift, that it comes from you, and that in addition, the, the practices that you have given us are also gifts, these practices that will, that will help to steady our faith, to strengthen our faith. It all comes from you, God, and we are so grateful. Father, we pray that you would, would help us to commit ourselves to practicing our faith, to the actions that lead to a steady faith, a confidence in you and in your wisdom and in your mercy, God. Lord, we want to, to continue to live in community with one another, to pray and to praise you. Father, please strengthen us in these commitments Continue to strengthen and grow our faith so that we can follow you in a steady manner through times of crisis and through, through other difficulties, Lord. We love you so much, God. We're so grateful for this gift of faith that you have given us and for your mercies that are new every morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.